I'm excited and I feel relaxed and I'm ready to party! I'm so sorry. You don't need to do that. You don't need to apologize. It's a fucked up female habit. You don't need to be sorry for anything ever. Can you guess what every woman's worst nightmare is? I don't have rage issues! I have nothing to prove to you. When I'm good, I'm very good. But when I'm bad, I'm better. I say when it comes to stardom and Lauren, there are no accidents. Hi, Karen Peterson. Welcome to Citizen Dame, the podcast where girls are awesome and get to make their own movies, and we love this time that we live in. I'm Karen Hello. Peterson, joined by Lauren Humphreys Brooks. Hello. Hello, Lauren. How are you? I am pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. good. Pretty good. Yes, it Not is finally- amazing. It is fine. I'm amazing. It is finally cooled off in New York City, which is, and by cooled off, I mean it's gone from being devil's armpit to being like pleasant at about 75 degrees and sunny. So it's quite nice here. <laughs> We're having very similar weather conditions here mm-hmm. on the other coast. It's great. It's feeling, feeling, feeling almost, almost like spooky season is coming up. I like it. I know it's it's good. Although I have to say that it really makes me sad that people start in spring longing for fall and skipping over summer completely. Because even though it is freaking hot, I love summer. So I'm a little bit sad when it goes away. But I, I like all of the seasons. I was talking with a friend about this the other day. I like all of the seasons. I don't want to rush through summer to get to like October because I enjoy those the that part of the season and sometimes it's too hot and sometimes it's not and that's okay like Mm -hmm. yes i don't want to get get through like just power through july and august yeah exactly it makes me sad how other people are like no bring on fall i want my pumpkin spice latte in june I don't want pumpkin spice for six months i just don't i like pumpkin spice but i do not want it for six months yeah that's just too much. You got to enjoy it in the limited time that you get it. Yeah, it's not as much fun then. It's like, I don't want to watch nothing but horror films for three months. I, I, I want a different thing, different things. And then exactly. I can look forward to watching a whole bunch of horror films in October. Exactly. Although I will say, so I went and saw The Nun 2 the other day and they were <laughs> showing trailers and all the trailers were horror movies, you know, and there was one I haven't even heard about it. I did not know this was coming, but there's a movie called Thanksgiving that is a Thanksgiving horror movie. And I was trying to remember if there'd <laughs> ever been one before. <laughs> is the is this the like isn't this like a spin-off of like Grindhouse? Remember Grindhouse back in the day? Yeah. Um, I, don't... I feel like there was a trailer for like a movie about thanks a horror movie about Thanksgiving, and that this is like the spinoff of that, or maybe I'm just making that up. And it might be because it's it looks pretty like it looks like a greenhouse movie. So there is a uh, I'm trying to remember what it's called, but there's a trauma film that is about Thanksgiving. It's about like a, a zombie turkey, I think. Hmm. <laughs> I think there's also like a, a one of those Hulu films called the pilgrim oh just like a thanksgiving horror film okay well i just looked up the uh plot summary of of thanksgiving which is coming to theaters in november uh after a black friday riot ends in tragedy a mysterious thanksgiving inspired killer terrorizes plymouth massachusetts the birthplace <laughs> of the infamous holiday it's directed by eli roth so 
could go lots of ways but uh yeah i didn't even know it was coming (laughs) that's awesome i I like the plot like i'm down for that i'm a little bit skeptical about the directed by eli roth correct (laughs) that worries me me. (laughs) that worries me more than anything else but yeah so it's like "Mm, we'll see but um yeah patrick dempsey rick hoffman and gina gershon are in it so okay all right all right give it a try yeah i'm willing to see what happens uh yeah so that's coming <laughs> the nun was fun you should go see it i hope you i hope you go see that soon i yeah i'm i'm hoping to get to go see that and a haunting in venice uh before long like i have just not been able to get out to the movies recently yeah and uh yes and there and both of those films i'm like these are my movies they're movies that were made for me mm-hmm. oh Gimme. so much fun they're both good they are both good so um yeah, so I hope you get to see them soon. We actually, for everyone listening, we were actually talking about, hopefully we'll be doing a bonus episode about uh, Haunting in Venice very soon. Yes, that, that's the first one that I'm going to get out to see, and then hopefully The Nun too. Maybe I'll just do a double feature. Make it a double feature, yeah. <laughs> I'll just spend the entire day at the movie theater. What's wrong with that? It's nice out, that's why. <laughs> All right. Well, it is still back to school time, kind of, even though most schools have already been in session for like six weeks or something. Um, But uh, we're continuing with our school themed movies. And this week we decided we would like to talk about some middle school movies because there's a couple of really good, good ones out this year. Um, But uh we're going to start with a very brief discussion about a movie that kind of took film Twitter by storm a few years ago. And that is eighth grade directed by written and directed by Bo Burnham and starring Elsie Fisher and Josh Hamilton. Elsie uh, Fisher plays a eighth grader named Kayla, who is it's at the end of eighth grade. She's about to go into high school and um, she's a very lonely child and uh so we're gonna talk about this one first and then we're gonna talk about some movies that we like (laughs) so (laughs) spoiler alert uh yeah uh this is the thing about eighth grade like i remember i don't know i don't know your memory of when you first saw the movie but i remember everyone had been talking about it it had been at a bunch of festivals everyone was like so in love with this and i saw it and as soon as i left the the screening I called a friend who's in the industry and I was just like, I don't, please help me understand why everyone is so in love and obsessed with this movie. And he, he gave some thoughts, but I would disagree with all of them. So, uh, yeah. What were your, what were your general thoughts about eighth grade? And then I'm going to talk about some very specific things because I did rewatch it yesterday, uh, to have it fresh in my mind and, and also to see if I still felt the same way. To 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 be kind to the film, <laughs> which I'm not certain whether it necessarily deserves, but to be kind to the film, I think that it is a it could be a, a um a very honest attempt to depict kind of the existence of a gen I guess Gen Z or sort of post millennial generation that kind of nebulous period, right? 
Um, and those issues of social media, TikTok, Instagram, you know, all of the things that, you know, kids feel a great deal of pressure on. And then I absolutely admit that in my my eighth grade experience was not like that in part because th that stuff didn't exist. Right. Um, not that there weren't social pressures <laughs> or things like that, but not in the same way. And so I would get to give it the most credit I could possibly give it. I, I would say that this is a nice attempt that fails miserably. And to not be kind to it, I'd say that it is an incredibly creepy film that I dislike intensely. The first time I saw it, I didn't see it in a theater. I think that I saw it when it, it came out on streaming at some point. And um, and that's when that's when I saw it. And I went into it fully expecting like, OK, this is like eighth grade girl. Uh, I did not realize that it was written and directed by a man. Uh, mm -hmm. But when I went into it, I was like, OK, this is interesting. You know, we don't get a lot of stories about girls, specifically girls told through the perspective of a girl at this age. This will be interesting. And I got increasingly uncomfortable as the film went on and not because of the subject matter, not because it is supposed to be uncomfortable in a lot of ways, but not because of that, because I was actually like, this misses the point in so many different ways. And I was actually beginning to feel that it was a bit exploitative, um, that it was a very, honestly, a very male view of what the experience of girls at that age is like, and is so incorrect in so many different ways. And I'm not just talking about like, you know, the pressures of social media or things like that, but, but the way that girls relate to each other, the way that you are awkward at that age, the way that, you know, you're trying to figure life out at that age, all of that shit, none of it rang true to me at any level. Um, and I was honestly shocked that there are quite a number of women who felt that this was a very good, you know, a, a very honest treatment. And I kind of wonder if they're telling the truth or or not not if they're telling the truth, if they are being really honest with themselves, because it felt like this was not true. This was not real. This was a completely different perspective that um doesn't make sense to me at any level. And I, I I really dislike the film. And the more that I've thought about the film, the more that, you know, we've talked about it once or twice as well, the more that it has been discussed around me, I'm just like, no, this is fucking creepy. Yeah. I, um, I'm trying, sorry, I'm trying to think. Um, I'm trying to think how to say this. <laughs> because <laughs> I know a lot of women did like this movie and probably yeah. some that are listening to us talk about it right now. And I, I guess for me, it's not that I don't believe them that they felt like this was their experience. Um, and, and my, I'm looking at this as middle school for me was like, it was in the last century. It was many decades ago. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I don't know what, middle school what eighth grade is like you know from that from a modern day perspective I don't know what it's like for Gen Z exactly I mean I I know some kids that are in that age group and you know my my friends children and I observe things but I don't know what it feels like yeah. in this day and age so I I, and, I recognize that and and I think we have to say neither does Bo Burnham <laughs> right like no matter like, how much because, research he did he does not know <laughs> 
Yeah, and and he's he's one never been a middle school girl, um, right. and and two he's definitely not like like both of us. He's not of that generation at all. So he's never been a middle school boy of that generation either. Right, but I think that I having rewatched it yesterday, so it's still really fresh. I think that I can see where um, some people would feel that it was representative of their experience on a surface level like if you just just like mm-hmm. experience watching the movie and, and feeling the discomfort of it i can see where people are like oh yeah this is how i felt because it does feel it does capture that really that like constant discomfort and dread when you are a kid mm-hmm. who's not one of the popular kids when you don't um have a lot of friends in this case though Kayla has zero friends. She's trying to become an influencer and she's mm-hmm. like got this personality when she's making her videos, but she has no friends and it just feels very strange. And so like, there's part of me that, that looked at it. There's a certain scene that, it, that it comes to fairly early in the movie where um, Kayla has a crush on this boy in her class. And she's scrolling through Instagram and she sees his, his Instagram and um, she's scrolling through it. And, and she starts pretending that she's kissing the back of her hand and her dad walks in without knocking. And she throws her phone as if she was a 13 year old boy who just got caught masturbating. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, the, uh, girls don't, what? <laughs> girls don't do that. <laughs> That's not like she wouldn't throw her phone across her. She'd be embarrassed. Yeah. But like it just was such an overreaction. It was such a like mm-hmm. imposing a very boy um, experience onto a girl. And that was where I was just like, I started watching it from there going, I feel like Kayla really is written. It's it, Kayla is a 12 year old, 13 year old boy mm-hmm. who's written as a girl and given like girl quote unquote experiences but really this is not a this is not a girl this is not (laughs) this just doesn't ring true (laughs) to the female experience at all it feels very much like boys fears of what the female experience is like well it it feel it does feel like this outside imposition and i will say like like i said i feel like if the same it's the same damn film was made by a woman I would be more willing, I admit this, I would be more willing to entertain what it's showing. So much of the film just feels exactly like that. It's this imposition of this male perspective on a girl and on the, and on a, in a very personal way. And like, I remember maybe not in eighth grade, definitely there's some pictures of me from seventh grade that I would rather be buried in like the backyard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I did not, oh, I did not have a good time in middle school generally. Um, very different experience to what what Kayla goes through in eighth grade, but um, but I didn't have a very good time in middle school, so it is not a wonderful memory for me. But nothing contained in eighth grade even really got me as this is this rings true as a female experience. Period. Mm-hmm. Right, whether or not it is my own experience. Yeah, and and yeah, so so thing exactly things things like that. It feels so much like this male imposition of what girls go through because they were not girls right yeah well and the other thing that i was thinking about like once i finished the whole movie and was thinking about it afterwards the other 
the other thing that kind of occurred to me was that partly this feels like like what i just said like it's really about a 13 year old boy but the other part of it is like i think some people view it as like the entire movie is playing out in kayla's mind sort of not that everything that happens doesn't happen but more of just like this is a movie about her internal feelings and i could see from a certain you know i i actually i think that's what would have improved the movie if that had been really the point and if that had been the focus if it had just been not trying to make it you know factual like all these things happened exactly this way but more of like this is how this girl feels as she's going to this pool party where no none of these kids are her friends and she feels really uncomfortable you know those those types of things except that if that were really what he was going for uh there wouldn't have been so much meanness toward her dad who is the one Mm -hmm. person who loves her unconditionally as he's supposed to um who's always there for her who's cheerleading for her and she's just incredibly mean to him for no reason over and over and over again and it's like yeah kids are mean to their parents but they also love their parents and they're nice to them and you know it just it it was just it was it mm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) this movie just frustrated me so badly because it really didn't i feel like bo burnham observed and listened to and heard a lot of things about what girls go through and drew a lot of conclusions without ever trying to understand any of the reasoning behind it. And so you end up with this movie that, that touches on a lot of things that do happen to girls, but with, with this very limited perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, go, going back to that that concept of the superficial um, that that you mentioned that this feels this feels like a superficial understanding. It 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 feels more like a man trying to figure out mm-hmm. eighth grade girls than it does an eighth grade girl trying to figure herself out. Yeah, um, and and that in itself is is a little it's distressing. It's a little creepy. Um, do we want to talk about the car scene? I guess. <laughs> I mean, I the the reason why I want to mention this is because the that particular scene is the one that I've seen a lot of dudes basically say, "Oh, this is a horror film," mm-hmm. and and it, it it generally centers upon that scene. And of course, it's uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable. And I'm not saying that girls do not experience that at, at that age, but one of the problems again that I had with it is that sense of male imposition that and that sense of of men in particular thinking of themselves and of maleness as being even when it comes to women as being the major fear that women have and the major experience that girls have and it's not it just isn't you're not that important Mm -hmm. and one of the things that made me very uncomfortable in eighth grade is how important generally actually it makes men and boys and generally men and boys, even at that age, are not really that, they're not the main focus of the female experience. Um, and so this film, again, kind of begins to fall into that category that we've talked about before of men trying to understand something about female existence and actually winding up essentially claiming that they are the most important part of the female existence. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that our world centers around them. <laughs> 
Yeah, co consistently and, and all the time. And the fact is that the film doesn't just show that as being like the center of Kayla's focus. There are definitely girls whose their focus is on boys, mm -hmm. right, at that age. Um, but the film comes off not as that being the center of Kayla's focus, but the center of her life, like her right. external life at some at some level. And that becomes, again, really uncomfortable. And I, I do really, like, honestly, sorry, guys, I really suspect you if your response to this film is it's a horror film because that says a lot about you. It says a lot to me about how you view women and how you view girls and how you view your role in their lives. It really bugs me. It, it, it bothers the shit out of me that this film became so popular, particularly among men yeah. and was, was so lauded. And it was just like, Oh, it's, and, and at the, uh, the undercurrent is, isn't it horrible being female? Man, mm -hmm. I'm glad that I'm not a girl. Like, yeah. that's basically what what the undercurrent of all of that is. And that bothers me, too, because I, I mean, I will say I am perfectly happy being female. Does it suck sometimes? Yes. But I'm happy being a girl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was absolutely. happy being a girl when I was 12 years old. Yeah. Right. And and to have the these male perspectives constantly being like, oh, it would just be terrible if I was a woman. It would be awful to be a girl. It must have been horrible when you were 13. It's like, well, no, not really. <laughs> yeah, like there were things I, that were awkward and uncomfortable, but it wasn't like, yeah, I got through it. <laughs> I have good memories, too. Yeah, the... The thing about the car scene that I will just say is that when you watch it, even, you know, five years later after the movie came out, um, I remember the first like at the time when I saw it, too, and then watching it again now, it's it's it feels very much like Burnham was just very um, determined to get a a scene for Kayla where she's in this dangerous situation. Like it doesn't ring true. The experience doesn't ring true. And I'm not saying this never happens. I'm just saying that the likelihood and the, the, the frequency with which girls will end up in a car with a boy. They don't know when they're 13 and this boy is like 16, 17 years old. And then he's just going to assault her. Like it just, it felt very manufactured to specifically get Kayla into this scene so that we could feel this, with her and you know worry about mm -hmm. her getting out of it and whatever it didn't feel like a really natural honest depiction of something like that happening to a girl it felt very yeah. just to go back to when you said exploitative it felt like that and and it makes me very uncomfortable and not in the reasons that burnham intended it to feel uncomfortable mm -hmm. so yeah yeah Exactly. And and I, I will say the more that I've read about this film, like why he wrote it, the more uncomfortable I get. Um, because there there's a there's a quote from him saying that like one of the things, not not the the sole thing, but one of the things that inspired him was seeing a girl in a mall taking selfies alone. And that his interpretation of this was that she was concerned about her appearance. And that bothers and, and again, it's that imposition of male perspective. What? Well, yeah, ex exactly. It's like, what? Okay, so you saw this girl who's taking selfies and she was by herself. That's that's the scene, right? Um, there are a lot of reasons why girls would be taking selfies by themselves. Yeah. Uh, 
And and again, it's that male imposition of like, she's miserable. She's unhappy. She doesn't have any friends. She doesn't have a life, you know, or or anything like that. And it's it's that imposition of the male perspective of the outside perspective on this child, mm-hmm. right? That And that's very troubling to me. And it's troubling to me that that would be something that would click in his brain. Um, yeah. That would click in any man's brain of being like, if if girls are behaving in a certain way, it's because of this, right? It's like, you don't know that. And you might want to sit down and think about the multiple other reasons why a girl might be in a mall taking a selfie. <laughs> that's, oh man, I didn't. I did not catch that quote. I never saw it. And uh, yeah, that's awful. (laughs) 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 It's really funny if you go on Letterboxd and just do the, you look at the reviews, but you do it in reverse order of like lowest first. It's really funny how many half star reviews there are that just complain about Bo Burnham. Not even about the movie. I don't even know if they watched the movie, but they're just like, Bo Burnham is the worst. And... (laughs) And it's like, okay, I don't necessarily think he's the worst because I think that there are some others that definitely deserve that title more, but I do have concerns. So, (laughs) yeah, there's something just concerning about it. By the way, that, that, uh, that quote comes from a article in the Washington post from July 12th, 2018. Hmm. Um, It's written by Taylor Telford. So it is. That's the, that's the source of that, that statement. But, uh, but yeah, I, I just, I find it very uncomfortable. I yes. do not like this movie. And I don't think, and and for me, I do not think that it is particularly a good representation of coming of age as a girl in any generation. I agree. I agree. Uh, let's talk about some movies that we do like. <laughs> <laughs> so we did talk a little bit about this when it came out earlier this year. Um, Are You There, God? It's me, Margaret, which came out, I don't know, in the spring, I think. And, um, uh, and well, I, I kind of want to talk about both of these two together. So we're going to talk about that one. And we're also going to talk about the new Netflix movie. You are so not invited to my bot mitzvah, which just came out on Netflix a couple weeks ago. Um, the, you know, the first is, is set in the seventies and this one is set. Uh, the second one is, uh, set now it's very contemporary, um, the first is directly based on the book by Judy Bloom, and this movie is from the Sandler family. <laughs> so um, overall, because you just watched You Are So Not Invited to My Bat Mitzvah. Mm-hmm. Um, so what were your what were your basic like overall takeaways thoughts from from that movie? Well, can can I, I just mention really quickly the fact that that you've got Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, which, a, which is a film set in 1970 based on a book set in 1970 mm-hmm. um, that tells a very specific story about a, a generation. And then you've got You Were So Not, not Invited to My Bat Mitzvah. I wish that these films had shorter titles. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, but so then you've got that film, which is a 2023 film and set in 2023 and very specifically about that. So you've got these two films that are set literally like 40 years apart, right? No, more than that. 50, 50 years, years apart. apart. <laughs> 50 years apart. But I can see and understand the experiences of these girls. And they and, you know, talking about eighth grade, they ring true. 
they ring true. So like, yes, I totally get where that's coming from. Not necessarily my exact experience. These people have more pool parties than <laughs> I was ever that I ever went to. Maybe it's because I'm from New York and like we don't have above ground pools that much. Um, <laughs> but so many pool parties. I uh, wish I could have gone to that many pool parties when I was a kid, but um, but so not not specifically to my experience, but these films that are set in such very separate times about such very separate times still feel real to me. This is like, mm -hmm. yes, I completely get this experience. Um, so to to answer your question about the the Bet Mitzvah, I I really enjoyed it. I think that um this is a very it's a very well done film. It's entertaining and and again it it does it touches on that universality. So you've got this girl who is being bat mitzvahed, and it's very specific to Judaism. It's very specific to the Jewish community, um, and that kind of experience. But then I like the fact that the film opens also with like you know there are all of these coming of age rituals that that different cultures have. Mm -hmm. um, and then it hones in on this one specific ritual that this one specific culture has, and that is is her experience. But it's that that sense of like when you're 12, 13 years old, you're becoming an adult. You are responsible for yourself. You are um, and but at the same time, you're also not because there is that that push and pull between being a child and being a grown up and trying to define what that even means and what that even looks like. Uh, and and of course the very gradual realization that grownups do not have it all figured out either. Mm -hmm. um, Which oh sorry, and and so so yeah so I think that the film overall really captures that it captures that experience in a funny entertaining way that feels both really serious because those experiences are very serious when you're that age, and also understanding and humorous and like this is a really important moment, but also it's not going to be the most important moment of your entire life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think that one thing that both movies do really do a good job with um, just to stem off of something that you just said, and that's about how grownups don't have it all figured out either. And we, we don't know what we're doing. And I think both movies touch on this. Um, Are you there? God does it a little bit more directly but um making this generational like there's multi-generational you know with with are you there god mm -hmm. you've got storylines with the mom and the grandma too about like you're you're coming of age at every age not just there's not a time where you arrive at a point and then then you just are who you are like that's that's a process throughout our lives and and i think that that's one of the things that really drew me to that film was it's very much in about an 11 year old girl, but you also get glimpses of what it's like for her mother and her grandmother too. And I think that with um, Bat Mitzvah, it doesn't do that as much. It's, it's really more focused on the kids the entire time, but uh, you do get some of that, uh, some of those glimpses of what the, what the parents are going through, the relationships mm -hmm. that they go through too. And I think it does it in a way that feels it feels like it's not intruding on the kid's story, but also uh, it, it it's good and needs to be there. So, well, and I'm just just building off of that. One of the things I really liked about Batman's Mitzvah is that it ca it captures that combination of like really loving your parents and knowing that they are looking out for you and that they're there for you, et cetera. And also them completely not getting <laughs> anything <laughs> about your life and and embarrassing you and, and things like that. And I liked that balance there. 
you know, you mentioned in eighth grade where she's really, really mean to her father. Yeah. Um, one of the things I liked about Misfit is that, you know, dad, played by Adam Sandler, is embarrassing. He does embarrassing things. And so much <laughs> of it is is really just about like who he is as a person, but but also it's about like he wants to be with his daughters, you know, he wants to be around them. He misses them. He misses the older daughter who is now kind of a, you know growing up and a little bit more her own thing and and doesn't want to be around him as much and he's still kind of hanging on to to the younger daughter who still sort of wants to go to the movies with her dad and get lots of popcorn and all of that um and i like that they they do strike that balance between you know your parents being so important to you but at the same time being so embarrassing mm-hmm. um and and being embarrassed by them, but also really needing them to be there at the same time. It's it's a really good kind of back and forth that I think the film captures really well and humorously. Like yeah. it never makes it, it's not like, oh God, I never, I can never watch, I can't watch this scene because it's just too much for me. <laughs> yeah. By the way, these two movies are, it's interesting because they're kind of bookends where one is like the start of the middle school age and the other is kind of at the end of it. <laughs> um because Mm -hmm. in are you there god it's me margaret she's 11 and in bat mitzvah she's 13 and uh that's it's only two years but that is a significant amount of time for a kid Mm -hmm. i mean that's like 10 percent of their life or 20 (laughs) percent and and that's a a big there's so much so many experiences and so much growth that happens in that time that i think it's kind of an interesting bookend to to like the beginning of 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 puberty and then kind of that like okay now i've got that down now where am i going next so i think these are kind of a fun double feature honestly yeah very much so there and and they both deal in in differing ways with being on your period having your for um are you there goddess sweet margaret obviously that's a major central concern you gotta be because when you're on your period, then you're a woman, <laughs> right? <laughs> Which is not true at all. No, <laughs> um, but it's the same thing with you know. In a certain sense, it's the same thing with bat mitzvah. Where as soon as I go through this, then I am an adult. It's like, but you're not. Yeah, <laughs> you're promise still you're not. <laughs> yeah, um, you are now a teenager, and that has its own thing to go with it. Uh, um. And so I, yeah, I, I, I like that it, both of the films deal with them and deal with the, you know, the, the combination of like the embarrassment that periods bring and, and also the, like the, the sense of accomplishment that like, mm-hmm. ah, I am a grown up now. Um, but then like, I, I really liked it. So there's a scene in, uh, not to, to spoil it for anyone, but there's a scene in, in Bat Mitzvah where um, she's on her period. And as soon, as soon as she went swimming, I was like, no, it's a very visceral reaction. I think for those of us who have had periods mm-hmm. and are like, no, you don't want to, oh, oh God, it's going to be so bad. This is a bad idea. <laughs> Oh, and it's so like just mortifying to watch her go through what she goes through there. So yeah, it's it's very embarrassing. And but I also like some of the reactions that some of the girls have, where some some are just like, "Oh my god, look at that," and then others just like, "What? You couldn't handle having a period? It's just mm. a pad." Like <laughs> it's it's that kind of back and forth of of like, and and again, you know, to to your point that these are girls at two different ages. 
I, I, th- I mean, not to get too personal, I think I started my period when I was 11, right? So that's, that's when I began to have, so same age as the, as the girls in, are you there? God, it's me, Margaret. Some girls start later, some girls start earlier. Um, but yeah, there's a certain point where like, when you've had your period for a couple of years, it becomes more, less embarrassing and more just really fucking annoying. And mm-hmm. you forget about things like don't go swimming with the pad on. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, I think that's one thing like that scene um the this is just to the point of like who's making these movies and who's telling these stories that scene was Mm. like for us it's it's uncomfortable not because it's like oh i'm glad i don't have to deal with that but because it's like oh i'm feeling so much secondhand embarrassment because i know exactly (laughs) what that feels like and what Mm -hmm. you're about to go through as a result of this (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know it's going to happen and it's not yep. a good thing. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be so awful, but then it's going to be fine and everyone will forget. It'll be okay. But, uh, but yeah, and that's the thing is like, this is, this is why we harp on late or not harp on, but this is why we talk about who is telling these stories about, about very specific experiences it's not because men men by nature are incapable of telling female stories we have some great directors who do a fantastic job of that a big part of the reason though is because they involve women in the storytelling and and let them be part of that in the case of are you there god and bat mitzvah are you there god it's me margaret was directed and written by kelly freeman craig uh, Bat Mitzvah was directed by the non-binary director, Sammy Cohen. And so these are not male experiences. <laughs> these are not yeah. men telling these stories for girls. This is this is non-men um, telling <laughs> telling uh, an experience that they understand, like they actually understand and have been through. Well, and I, I think that there have been some interviews with Sammy Cohen where they talk about um, this being directly based on their experience of having a bat mitzvah when when they were young. Hmm. So so that this is this is not just yeah, this this is like, OK, this is something that I went through, I guess. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah. I, and again, those things. So so like I said earlier, those things are not my exact experiences. But, you know, to, to go back to the the, the pad issue. Right. Yeah, both of us had the same reaction <laughs> to that scene because you realize just like I know exactly what's going to happen and it's bad and it's no fun because everyone has had some kind of an experience like that. It may not it's not going to be I once jumped off a ledge and my pad came off. Right. <laughs> um but there's going to be some kind of experience when you are when you go through that as a if you're a cisgender woman, if you're a non-binary person, etc. When you have had a vagina and you have bled out of it, at some point you have a very wrong experience (laughs) yes and honestly at this point 30 something years later you're the only one that remembers (laughs) yeah exactly but at the time it feels like no one's ever going to forget (laughs) exactly (laughs) and we know that and and i think that that's part of it 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 also makes it funny because it is funny Mm -hmm. it is funny it's like oh this was mortifying at the time but also it's funny like these so you know these girls a couple years later in like high school, they're going to be making jokes about it. Right. They're going to be laughing about it. Like, Hey, remember that time? Like they're going to meet up at their high school reunion and be like, remember that time you jumped off the ledge and your pad came <laughs> off and everybody's going to laugh. It's not going to be an uncomfortable thing. It's going to be a funny thing. Yeah. This doesn't define her entire life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So um, um I think the I other oh sorry. Were you no, gonna... go, go, okay. go on, sorry. I, I I started and then you started and okay. you go well, ahead. I was just gonna say I think that the the other thing that really makes both of these films feel so real and so um so true to at least to my experience and to yours probably it sounds like um is it the depictions of of friendships between girls just going back to what you were talking about with what eighth grade gets wrong Mm -hmm. um both of these movies get something very right which is the intensity and the importance of our friends when we are that age and and how that really is the center of our world more than our families more than our crushes it's it's the the friendships that we surround ourselves with that is the most important part of that experience and i think both of these movies do a great job of depicting that yeah those the intensity of those relationships between usually between girls right because Mm -hmm. it's not about your friendship with a boy necessarily although it can be um but yeah those those relationships between girls posturing for other girls you know who's in who's out who's cool, who isn't, you know, I, I liked the, the little elements like bat mitzvah, the one girl who's like constantly trying to shave her legs and cutting herself horribly. (laughs) And like, it's just not working (laughs) for her. Mm -hmm. Um, but all of those kinds of little bits of discomfort and experience and how important those relationships really, really are because the boy is going to come and go like the, the crush is going to be there and then suddenly it's not going to be there, but the friend is the really important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and friend breakups, friend fights, all of those things are incredibly difficult, especially at that age. Yeah. Yeah. Because it really does feel like your entire world is ending or at least shifting, you know, un- yeah. un- irreparably. And with, uh, with, are you there God, you end up, you have a, you have a friend group where Margaret is the outsider. She's just moved to this neighborhood and she doesn't know these girls who've all known each other for a while. And she becomes, she's accepted by them. She becomes friends with them, but it's, she's always a little bit on the outside. And that is something else that, that I really recognized too, um, was I always, I always, I had a best friend, like my absolute best friend, but, um, I always, I always like, we didn't go, we usually didn't go to the same schools. So I kind of had to find other friend groups just to get through the day at school. And so I'd always have these kind of like tenuous relationships with girls that were like, I'll, I'll, you're my lunchtime friend, you know, like we didn't really necessarily Mm -hmm. do a lot together. So it's different from, from Margaret's experience, but I understood that feeling of like, these girls have known each other for a long time. They all spend a lot. They spend time with each other that I'm not there for. And like, just always kind of a little bit on the outside. I, I liked that it mm-hmm. it captured that feeling too, I think very well. Yeah. Well, and and also how people change. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I liked in, in Bat Mitzvah is that these girls have been friends, you know, again, it's represented that um, Stacy and Lydia have been friends since they were small children. Right? Yeah. Um, and, but they're, growing up and they're changing and their dynamic is changing. And part of what, part of the growing pains that happen between the two of them is Stacy kind of, kind of staying in sort of the same pattern that you, you get the sense that this is the pattern they've had their entire lives. And the pattern is changing because Lydia is changing and Stacy is changing. And then when it does change, 
it winds up creating this really major conflict between the two of them. And it's something that they have to, that they end up having to work out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, I definitely, you know, I personally, personally for me, I recognize that. Oh yeah. Uh, and, and I think that most people do, you know, most people have those kinds of relationships, especially if you know someone from the time that you're, you're very young, you change as you get older and that might mean that the friendship ends and it might mean that it doesn't. Uh, or that the friendship, you know, is going to go into change as you change. And that's something that you have to work out. And that's very hard to do when you're a, a, a child, like, because you don't understand it necessarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, I remember uh, when- the biggest blowout fight I had with my best friend, Candace. And it was, we were, I think, probably 14, 15. So we we're a little bit older, but it was brutal and i mean we didn't have technology to ruin each other's you know parties but <laughs> but uh, it was a brutal fight to the point where like our parents kind of were like you like they our moms were friends and so they were like you two need to like figure this out and they basically locked us in a room until we worked it out and then we were fine <laughs> <laughs> but but i mean it was a big it, this lasted several weeks and it was horrible it was the worst and uh, I think a lot of girls have gone through that. Yes. Yes. Definitely. <laughs> um, I was, oh, I was going to say something about technology. Um, so I, I find it interesting that both eighth grade and um, you're so not invited to my bat mitzvah are take place. Not ex- It's not exactly the same generation. Obviously, eighth grade is made in like, what, 2017, 2018. And this is uh, and the later film was made in 2023. So, but it's, it's close, right? And, and it, both of them really make use of this issue of technology. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I liked in Bat Mitzvah that I didn't particularly like in eighth grade is that, again, it rang true to the way that people use technology. So it all comes down to the same basic shit, you know, gossip, right. um, getting angry and saying mean things to your friend only in the case of this you're getting angry and maybe you're doing something that's a little more permanent than saying mean things um those fights escalating and turning into these like school-wide battles that everybody knows about and everybody is talking about all of those things and i really liked the fact that that bat mitzvah reveals that and again a way that's very humorous but is also very realistic to the way that girls relate to each other Mm-hmm. um and and yeah so i it this film actually hammered home for me that my issue with eighth grade was not oh it's just a different generation <laughs> um, yeah yeah that's a good point i was i was also thinking about particularly in bat mitzvah um how the, the boys are they're such dorks <laughs> like these boys that they have a crush on it's like oh sweetie just wait a few more years and you're gonna realize that guy was not that interesting (laughs) he was actually pretty lame especially the cool boys just like oh he's so cool it's just like is he yeah (laughs) why do you just decide that this kid is cool (laughs) yeah and i really Um, like but I i really like that Again, 100% true. Like, I, I remember, and I know that it's like some of my friends who are in the same middle school as me could probably vouch for this. I remember the boy mm-hmm. that everyone was just like, oh my God, he's so dreamy. It's just like, even at that age, I was like, are you sure? <laughs> I'm, I'm not, <laughs> I don't think you're right. But, uh-huh. 
Yeah. I tended to have crushes on not the boys that everybody else did. Mm-hmm. But uh but yeah, it was just that there's just the weird thing where um we just kind of just decide that certain people are like because they don't talk much and it's like, yeah, it's because they're dumb and they don't have much to say. <laughs> but we don't know that when we're twelve or thirteen, you know. This this particular boy He's had mysterious. very serious. <laughs> this particular boy had very floppy hair. Yes. Um he was very it was very much the JTT kind of, you know, haircut. It's like floppy but, hair. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, why. there's there's a certain age at which girls especially at that age, like girls <laughs> just like, "Oh my god, look at his hair." It's like, "I don't really are you sure? Are you positive that this I, is what we're going for?" And to yeah. me, he was short too, and I was just like, "I do not like short boys." <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so mean. Yeah. Anyway, I I just I love that they they just really nailed that one because it's like yeah, middle school boys are lame <laughs> because you're lame. Everybody's lame in everybody's middle school. Lame. Like yeah. everybody who you thought was cool is not cool at all. No, nope, <laughs> and you so realize true. that when you get older, you're just like, man, those real dorks. <laughs> <laughs> Why did yeah. I care what they thought of me? Right, exactly. That's all part of the, the part of the excitement of growing up and realizing that things that seemed so important back then actually aren't. So it's great. Um, and I also just want to say kudos to uh, to Sunny Sandler, who is just awesome, and Samantha Lorraine, who plays Lydia. So Stacy and Lydia, they are really good actresses, and I thought they did a great job in this movie. Mm-hmm. So any final thoughts? Uh, oh, my, my, the one final thing that I wanted to say about, about Bat Mitzvah specifically is that I, I like the fact that it uses romantic comedy tropes Yes. to, but it's about a friendship. So it's very much, this is a story where the most important relationship are these two girls, right? And there's no indication that there's like a romantic attraction between them or anything like that. The, this is a, a, a very long-term friendship they've known each other for a really long time and they are really close with each other and i i like the fact that the film kind of uses all of these tropes of like you know no you gotta go get her you know mm-hmm. <laughs> you know I, there's almost that sense of like she's gonna run through the rain to get to her girl <laughs> you know that kind of thing and it's it's humorous but it, it enforces that that fact that we were talking about earlier that these are the important relationships at that age that losing your best friend, losing someone that you really care about is such a major thing to happen. And you've got, and you've got to be able, part of growing up is also being able to say, I was wrong. I'm sorry. I fucked up. You don't have to forgive me, but I'm sorry that I hurt, you know, all of those things that you kind of go through. And I, I like the fact that the film really builds on that. Yeah. Yeah. And you get that sense of sorry, spoilers, but you get that sense of like, and they lived happily ever after, you know, because the -hmm. friendship survives and no matter what they go through in life, um, you know, they, they have each other. I also shout out to Adam Sandler a little bit because the fight between him and, uh, (laughs) and his, and Stacy is so realistic and so funny at the same time so like, good. they're just shouting out oh that's why we fought the nazis because so you could have your mojito bar like all that just like you are grounded forever well on that note i think we should also give a shout out to allison peck and fiona rosenblum who are the writers of this movie who did write a really good screenplay like it's yes. a it's a good script and yeah that scene is gold 
<laughs> like that. <laughs> it's so great. And then when the when uh when Lydia's mom comes to the door and yeah. she's like, um, should I come in a, should I come later? I'll come back later. <laughs> They're all just standing there, like trying to talk over this very loud <laughs> fight happening between a father and his daughter. <laughs> oh, it's great. People yes. should watch it. People should. It's a good one. All right. Anything else? Any other thoughts? No, I th- I mean, I'm I'm very pleased, you know, even despite my my severe levels of discomfort with eighth grade, I'm really pleased that there are more and more films that are focusing on girls. Yeah. And the experience of growing up, particularly that age, because there's so there's so many movies and stories about boys. Um, it's really good to always to see, you know, kind of the other side of that. And um and, you know, and, and hopefully we'll get even more. So we'll get also more representation, different cultures, different sexualities and, and genders um, where, you know, you're actually going into not just like, oh, this was my experience as a child, but these are people's experiences as children. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm glad that we're getting to see that more. And it's been really, really good to see film, more recent films. So speaking of myself as, as a woman, more recent films that really do speak to my experience. Yeah. Um, and and seeing that also in people that are very different from me at the same time right yeah i love it thank you uh and thank you everyone for joining us today and for listening and we especially would like to thank our patrons who help keep the show going they are ali brian connor estefania heather james judy karen Kiriata, lauren matt michelle monty nanina robert robert steve sharon and tau Uh, We really appreciate your support. If you would like to join and become a patron too, you can go to patreon.com slash citizen dame and sign up. You get access to bonus episodes. You get the episodes early, um, all kinds of things. And we do have our Zazzle store, zazzle.com slash citizen dame pod. So you can get your feminist agenda, t-shirts, all kinds of things. Um, We also have our Ko-Fi, co-fi.com slash citizen dame. If you'd like to chip in a couple bucks. Uh, without a commitment. We are available online. We have our website, citizendamepod.com, where you can read my review of A Haunting in Venice. And we have some other stuff coming up too. And uh, lots of fun. You can reach out to us by email if you'd like to, citizendamepod at gmail.com. And of course, we are on social media, uh, Twitter, kind of, Instagram, Blue Sky, and uh, all those places at citizen name pod and especially on letterboxd at citizen dame and if you were trying to remember like what's that movie they were talking about last week you can go on there because we've got a list for that so um we can also be reached individually lauren where are you i am on all of the various socials at lh business and i am on the socials at karen m peterson So that is it. Thank you all so much for listening. Watch more movies. Have a great week. What are you going to do, sweets? Sending out the invitations today. I have to get my hair dyed. Oh, well, you called DJ Shmuley. He's asking for a green room and per diem. And he may or may not have hit on me. Well, I may or may not punch him in the face. Let me handle Shmuley. So you, I'm going to the movies. You want to come? So we were being at a movie theater alone with my dad. Okay, you never want to be with me again? What are you going to do all day? Zara's coming over, and we're going to online shop and then take a nap outside. And that's not weird to you? We're tired from freaking school all week!